Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. ladies so we are back again for another episode actually have a guest for you so this is Rochelle Robinette she is a registered clinical herbalist and a holistic health practitioner and founder of Pharmacon Supernatural which is a plant-based real world wellness initiative so I'm going to interrupt my intro really quick. Um, I get asked all the time about herbs and I'm not an herbalist. So we got one on here to chat with you. Um, Rochelle combines her knowledge of herbal and traditional medicine, plant-based nutrition, and a habit remodeling into holistic solutions for busy individuals seeking best being in their bodies and minds. So I love to just kind of start with you giving us a little intro as to what got you into being an herbalist. Cause that's, that's a specialty. <laughs> it is a specialty. It's a specialty and it's also very holistic. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's holistic is actually how I sort of quote unquote got into it. So I have been uh, around nature and health and uh, wellness and sort of the functional aspects of anything that we consume since I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in a home that was well in two homes. My parents were not together. Um, and I grew up around ideas of eating food that you grew in your garden and using supplements and um, being outside and having a relationship with your body that is very much about understanding that, you know, there are symptoms and those symptoms are your body's way of communicating to you, you know, about something and to kind of inquire within. And so long story short, you know, I, I personally was always interested in, you know, health and wellness, basically natural health and natural wellness. And, um, when I began practicing it professionally, uh, it was because so many people asked, you know, what is it that you're eating? What is it that you're doing with your life? What is it that, you know, can you teach me? And I was like, how, how do I describe what I do? It's like, am I a health coach? Like that doesn't really resonate with me. Am I a, a holistic health practitioner? Like, yes, but that's kind of a mouthful. And so it was years into my practice that I kind of realized, oh, everything I do is plant-based and herbalism is not just about herbs. Herbalism is holistic. It's about all these things. It's it's about food and it's about the environment. It's about sleep and it's about lifestyle and it's about herbs and it's about supplements. I was like, oh, well, I'm an herbalist. And that's the easiest, you know, that that's a, that's one word. Everybody kind of, kind of gets it, but doesn't totally know what that means. Um, so that's how I came to, you know, be sort of titled herbalist. I also, you know, have all the education that gives me my credentials. Um, but it's because it's holistic that I actually, you know, use, use that title. 
That makes sense. Did you have any um, like issues that kind of started driving you into looking to herbs like, or did you just always kind of just, just liked them? Um, I, you know, I don't really proclaim a healing journey. I mean, I think I've had plenty, plenty of, of my healing journeys, but I don't really uh, tell it as part of my story necessarily. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it, but I don't think there's any one thing that I say, this is what, you know, made me interested in this world. Um, I was interested in the world first, I would say, and then I used it to help support things like anxiety or migraines or addiction. You know, there's a ton of addiction in, in my family and, mm-hmm. um, I have a personal relationship with that as well. Um, I've had injuries, like, you know, all the things, but I, I just feel like we're all on healing journeys. So there was no one thing that, that pushed me into it. Um, and I was definitely, you know, the thing that pushed me into it was again, as a very young person, I was trying to understand, um, much more from a spiritual standpoint, what is truth? What is God? What is consciousness? What is what is this reality that we exist in? What is it like to be a human being? And that answer seems to be for, you know, for me, it seems to be um, in the natural world and in the way that we interact with our environments, we are our own environments. And then we're interacting constantly with, you know, our external environments. And um, that's what drove me into this primarily. But I definitely use herbs for anxiety. (laughs) So there's that too. (laughs) Yeah, I do have to say, I feel like even if you know nothing about herbs, you've probably heard of people talk about like ashwagandha and something like that. You know, it's a big stress one. Totally. Um, So could we, so I want to kind of just talk about overall hormone wellness with herbs, maybe how people could start incorporating it into their life and then dive a little bit more actually into fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say you have Susie who has funky periods, irregular cycles, and she's like, okay, herbs are cool. Like what would be like something she could start doing? Would it be an herb or would it be like something else that you would recommend starting with? Yeah, that's a good question because, um, as I'm sure you've talked about so much already, you know, hormone balance is so holistic and like we just mentioned, you know, my approach is so holistic. So I would definitely say, hi, Susie, you know, tell me about your whole life. (laughs) Tell me (laughs) what you eat and drink. And if you have movement during the day, if you get light, how's your sleep, how are your stress levels, you know, all that stuff. And if Susie's like, all that stuff is dialed, it's in such a good place and my, I still have these symptoms, then we would go to herbs. Um, if Susie's like, you know, no, these things are all off balance. Then we would work on all those things first. Um, but to skip to the herbs. So we'll just assume, you know, all those things are in a great place or maybe, maybe, you know, somebody needs help with, um, sleep because that's disrupting their hormone balance, you know, cause they're not getting enough sleep. Then we would, we could consider herbs for sleep. So you know, where we work and how that affects hormone balance just totally depends on the individual. Um, I would say that I, I tend to use a lot of the combination of Vitex, um, liver support, 
and Mm -hmm. black cohosh. So it's easier to say Vitex and black cohosh together plus liver support. So you get this like hormone balancing combination that's working primarily on progesterone. Um, and of course the relationship between progesterone and estrogen, because they're all, you know, all interwoven, but that, um, for somebody who just has, you know, um, severe PMS symptoms combined with extra liver support to help filter those hormones out of the blood, um, plus the lifestyle adjustments. I see that work over and over and over again to make people feel great. Yeah. Herbs, herbs can be cool. Mm-hmm. What about, so I also know herbs can be tricky though. Like if are herbs, something that people can just start using, like talk to me about, like, do you need to watch for sourcing dosage side effects? Just so as people start listening to this, they're like, Oh, I want to try that. Like, what should they be looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in favor of people being less afraid of herbs than cautious. Um, it's especially with everything that's on the market and how regulated it is, you know, if you're buying herbal supplements from, you know, brands that are available in the common marketplace, then, um, it's harder than not to, to screw it up. And it's, it's very uncommon to find, um, you know, like a, like a dangerous, um, herb, herb interaction or, you know, something like that. Now, um, everybody is, is, is a unique individual, of course, and somebody who, you know, might have an allergy to gluten could, you know, also have a sensitivity to ashwagandha or something like that. So you always want to start small and just make sure that it works with your body. Um, but it's very much like trying a new, um, vegetable, you know, these are like functional plant-based remedies. Um, and again, most of what's in the marketplace is right at the kind of dose that you need or under the dose that you need. Uh, usually you need more than, you know, you see out there. Um, so, you know, I would encourage people to experiment, but you know, they're, they're like, they're like vitamins and supplements. So, if you don't need more magnesium, like don't use magnesium, you know? And so it's like, if you don't need more progesterone or your progesterone is high, you know, then don't use the herb that's going to increase progesterone. So it's not a matter of just kind of going out and and choosing some herbs and like trying them out. You want to make sure that first you understand what your body needs and then go out and find the herb. The herbal blend is a better idea than a single herb, the herbal blend that works in your favor there. And if you don't know, that's what I'm doing out here is educating people, you know, about how to understand that. Um, other herbalists will do the same or, you know, a lot of good, just like health food store, supplement foods, you know, stores, or even people at farmer's markets can give you a little lead and, um, and recommend something that can work for you. Uh, food medicine, you know, kitchen medicine, things like garlic and ginger and all that are also super functional. So we don't even have to like go to a supplement store. We could just go to the grocery store a lot of times. Um, one other note to answer your question about like sourcing and that sort of thing. Usually what I recommend for people is if you're shopping for herbs, then apply the same criteria to those decisions that you would apply to your food choices. So if you're somebody who's like, I want it all to be organic 
then find organic products. If you're like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't have access to that. I'm not interested in that. You know, I care about if it's local or I care if it is women owned or I care about none of that. I just want it in my life and I need to be as cheap as possible. Like whatever your criteria is for food, then you can apply that to herbs as well. And I think that's a good way to say like, what should I be looking out for? Because it's a, it's a spectrum of quality out yeah. there. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you have like a favorite like modality? Is that the word for getting it in? Like, do you like teas, tinctures, pills? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the best, I usually say format, but modality totally works too. Um, the best format is the one that you're going to use consistently mm-hmm. most of all. So if you're like, I never drink tea, don't get a tea, <laughs> you know, get what you're going to use. Um, some herbs are better in some other, in some ways, but mostly you want to choose the format that's going to work for you. And a lot of times that's driven by taste. So like ashwagandha doesn't taste great. So it's really common to find it in a powder form, but then the next most common thing that you get is someone saying it tastes gross. How am I supposed to use this? (laughs) So, um, Tinctures and capsules are a really easy way to take something that doesn't taste good. And it's also very concentrated. Um, but then you have, you have plants like lavender and lemon balm and chamomile and sage. And like, those are amazing as teas and they also work. Like as soon as you're smelling lavender, it's working. So Mm -hmm. why not make a tea with it instead of popping a capsule? So yeah, that's what I recommend there. Speaking of which I need to take a drink of water. Just a quick break to remind you that if you are not already seed cycling with us, you should be seed cycling with us. The benefits of seed cycling are amazing. They contain so many nutrients that are necessary for hormonal balance, including zinc, manganese, vitamin E, all of the good things, amazing for egg quality. And while seed cycling is not the end picture, like that's not all that you'll have to do to maybe achieve the things that you're looking for in your health you guys it is the easiest thing that you can do so one tablespoon of pumpkin and one tablespoon of flax seeds from your period to ovulation and then switch to sesame and sunflower so that is one tablespoon of each of those seeds every single day you want to be buying whole organic and then grind them before you eat them the reason why you don't want to buy ground is that they go rancid within a couple weeks so unless you know where your seeds are coming from how long they were sitting on the shelf they're probably rancid by the time you get them okay so start seed cycling with us and as always if you want to make this even simpler for yourself that is where Funkit Wellness Seeds can literally change your life. They are organic, they are certified B Corp, all of their seeds are like they get them from the best places and you can get them shipped to your door so it literally doesn't get any simpler than that and it's a subscription so literally happy hormone subscription box i can sign up for that yes yes please so you can get yours shipped to your door right now they're only in the u.s so if you are outside of the u.s i apologize but if you are inside of the u.s Take advantage of the flash sale that they have going on. You can use code Leah, L-E-A-H 20 to save 20% off of your order. And you even save 
already on your subscription. So I love seed cycling, but I will say that sometimes it can get hard to stick to because it's hard to find quality seeds and sometimes I forget to grind them and then I don't get my seeds in for the day. So Funkit Wellness makes it super simple. Literally, they're shipped right to my door. They grind them right before they ship them, so I know that they're not rancid. They have certified B Corp companies that they get their seeds from, so they're super high quality. They're organic, so yeah. I'm much more consistent with my seed cycling now, thanks to Funkit Wellness. Um, the ashwagandha does taste really nasty. I have to <laughs> concur there. Um, <laughs> So if you're looking at tinctures, I've always wondered this, like typically they always have alcohol in them and some don't. Does alcohol help like pull out properties of the herb or no? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's what it does. Yeah. So you're right. Most tinctures are alcohol based because certain plant compounds are going to be water soluble or alcohol soluble. And hopefully if somebody's making a tincture, they know that the compounds in that plant that they're after are alcohol soluble. So they do it in a tincture form. And if somebody knows that the compounds are not alcohol soluble, then they don't make it into a tincture. Um, now you also find tinctures called glycerites, which are vegetable glycerin based. And those are for like kids or people who are totally alcohol free and they want that same format, that liquid format without the alcohol. So you can also find it that way. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you had to just pick one, can you pick a favorite? Like, is that possible? (laughs) Um, I can, I definitely have some that I use a lot myself personally. Um, I would say in general, you know, I usually, it's funny. I usually say metal leaf, but maybe oh. for, for today, I'm going to say kava. I okay. Mean, I haven't heard of that one. You'll have to tell me what that does. And kava is very much like an herbal alternative to alcohol. Oh. It is um, very relaxing for the physical body. It works on the GABA system in the brain. So it's helping to calm us. It's helping to make us feel more social. Uh, traditionally, it's used in a lot of settings similarly to alcohol. So people would sit around and kind of, um, imbibe it together and, and like discuss and socialize and negotiate and do all these different things. Um, great for anxiety, great for panic attacks. Um, so it's a, it's one of the earliest herbs that I learned about for anxiety when I was a kid. And now I use it like happy hour, or if I'm, (laughs) (laughs) if I'm traveling, I love it when I'm traveling. It also can be really good for headaches. If you get like tension headaches, which I get like up in my kind of neck and head because it's relaxing those muscles around your, your neck and your head and your shoulders. Um, and it's really easy to just have like a little bit, feel the effects right away. So today I'll say Kava. Is that with a V like C-A-V-A? It's K-A-V-A actually. Yeah. Kava with a C is the, is the like champagne equivalent oh. sparkling. Yeah. I've never heard of this herb and it does like so many things. That's there are crazy. so many herbs. So many. Yeah. Um okay. Well I just now I need to know more more ones that I've never heard about that do things <laughs> like this. How long do so, you have? <laughs> um let's go to your second favorite before we keep going. 
My second favorite. Okay. So let's see. So you all, um, maybe I'll go back to nettle because a lot of my, like that one. Yeah. A lot of my second favorites are, are in the same vein as kava. They're like happy hour herbs. I tend to, I tend to use a lot of those or well, maybe we'll give you one that you might not know. Um, Mukuna prurian. Do you know that? Never heard of that. Nope. So Mukuna is, um, a legume and it is known also as dopamine bean. So it is high in L-dopa, which is a precursor to dopamine. And so it's supporting the dopamine system. And I love that one for obvious reasons. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have to have you, um, spell that one out. It's for, and I'll put it in the show notes for everyone because, I'm over here, like thinking about Dutch tests I've run where the dopamine, um, the neurotransmitters are off. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be such a good little food they could add to their life. I just finished, um, my first ever Dutch test like last week. I don't even have the results yet. I'm so excited. We'll love it. You will love it. I love the Dutch test. Um, Dang. Okay. I guess we could spend here all day and I, <laughs> I'd like to, but we can't. So can we move into a little bit of fertility? So, mm-hmm. um, let's picture someone who's like nutrition is dialed in. Um, and the reason why I say this is like, if you're listening and you are like, Oh, I need herbs for fertility. You guys, you, you need to have the other puzzle pieces. So like your sleep, your stress, your nutrition, all of that fun stuff. But let's say they're dialed in um, and they just want herbs or something to help boost both. And let's say, cause it takes two to tango, like mm-hmm. male and female. What would you, what would be your go-tos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for, for, for all partners, I would say, um, probably maca is my first thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's so holistic, right? Like you're getting support with, um, libido as well as the endocrine balance, endocrine system balance, as well as like sperm count and sperm motility, as well as, um, just kind of, I got to think of maca as like, it's sort of it's sort of boosting, not even normalizing necessarily, but it's like feeding. We do consider it a nourishing herb. So it's like a, mm-hmm. a trophy restorative or like a nourishing herb for the herb for the endocrine system. And it does work for, um, basically all body types. So you have to use quite a lot of it. I would say, um, maca really? is, yeah, I mean, it's a tuber, so it's, it really is a food. And when you get to herbs that are, that are like food herbs, you tend to need a lot of them because it's, you know, on the spectrum of herbs, you have food is like the safest, you have the real medicinal guys in the middle, and then you have the poisons at the far end of the spectrum and Mm -hmm. and things like that could be, you know, more like the psychedelic plants and things that, that can technically um, kill you or that are toxic, but in small doses, we like them like saffron and pepper, you know? Right. Um, but I think maca is a great one. I mean, ashwagandha is great too. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, it's like the thing about fertility is that again, it's so holistic. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I wouldn't even say that there's like an herb to boost fertility. It's just that there are herbs to work on 
like cervical mucus or stress Mm -hmm. or, you know, specific hormone levels or, um, you know, all the different things that, that affect fertility. So yeah, it's true. And when you, when you're talking about needing a lot of it, like where mm-hmm. do they find, I'm interested to like, look at dosage for that, just because I mean, I know off the top of my head, you get maca and they're like, take a teaspoon a day. And it's like, okay, like, mm-hmm. is that what I'm supposed to do? Uh, it depends on the strength, but usually in powder form, you end up at like multiple tablespoons of maca a day oh. to get the dose. It's I think I have like in my notes that I'm just glancing at right now, I have 450 milligrams three times a day. Um, (laughs) so it depends, but like, for example, ashwagandha, this one I have memorized because I use it so often, but like ashwagandha as a powder, you're, you're generally at a tablespoon to two tablespoons a day, which is a ton of powder in order to get two to three grams of it a day. Um, but maca, yeah. You know, the other, the other one that that's really such a classic, like reproductive tonic is, um, Shadavari. That's a, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. So its name is, is lightly translated to 100 husbands. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, um, yeah, it's considered a reproductive tonic in Ayurvedic medicine. Um, it can be helpful for healthy cervical fluid. Uh, and that's a, yeah, it's a galactagogue. So it's helping to increase the quantity and the quality of breast milk. There are a lot of different benefits, but I would say, you know, anything that's considered a tonic, you know, is, is sort of tonic is, is, I don't want to say adaptogenic, but it's, it's similar because it's sort of saying, okay, for the whole system, we're improving the function of the whole system. We're like toning it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when you tone your muscles, you're like, you know, yeah, kind of strengthen them. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's wild about that dosage because I now I'm wondering. I wonder if why people like when they have maca or maca, they're like, oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> like you're not even taking like a quarter of the dose you're supposed to be taking. It's a perfect point, and it happens all the time. Yeah, so Absolutely. they probably need capsules or something. You can. I mean, I'm I'm not going to be drinking a, a maca latte with four teaspoons in it. That's disgusting. Or like a tablespoon of ashwagandha. Like I had, I have a, I have a low dose ashwagandha right now that I'm trying to use up. And this morning I had a whole tablespoon of it. It's like, you don't do that for pleasure. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's not tasty. Um, okay. So this has been very interesting. So I want to go from so I want to talk about herbs for pregnancy and postpartum. So I guess since mm-hmm. we are fertility, let's go to preg- pregnancy because um, there's no, there nobody will touch on what can you use during pregnancy? Because obviously go talk to your doctor, go talk to your doctor. But like um, in general, like what, what can you do to support? Because I know like sometimes... Um, you'll have like swelling in your ankles or you have digestive issues or you're having trouble sleeping or you're having cramps and it's like everything you would normally pull to it's like well can't really have that while you're pregnant so what are some things that you would recommend or Mm -hmm. advise yeah so the reason that there's not like a great 
you know, answer for everybody. I get this question all the time too. You know what, what can I have is not because all of the herbs in the world are dangerous during pregnancy, but it's because we don't have research to confirm the safety or not because nobody wants to do research on pregnant people (laughs) with good reason. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a terrible reason. Right. Um, and it's, and it doesn't mean that everything's unsafe. Um, the other, the other perspective that I appreciate from, from herbalists is that it's, it's generally recommended, not a hundred percent of the time. And this is a personal decision too, but it's a general recommendation that when you're pregnant to stick to just teas and not to concentrated forms of the herbs and capsules or tinctures or concentrated powders, because your, you know, baby or babies are going to be getting those concentrated doses too. And so if you're using a tea format, it is functional, but light. And so I, I like that perspective and I use that in my practice. Um, sometimes, you know, depending on how long I've been working with a client, how well I know them, if we want to do something a little bit stronger and we know it's safer for pregnancy, you can do that generally food herbs and tea formats are ideal during pregnancy and often in nursing as well. Um, but you know, for example, ginger is fantastic for nausea, right? Mm -hmm. And that's so common. So that's just something you've got in your kitchen and you can have that in food and teas and all of these things. Um, There are some lists online. I don't remember the name of the organization, but there's a pregnancy um, organization that has a, one of the most comprehensive lists I've ever seen of herbs that are safe when you're pregnant or nursing. And um, unfortunately, most of it is we don't have enough research to say, but at least, you know, the reason, you know, because I think if you're just like, well, is it because it's definitely dangerous or because we just don't know. And then the other place that you, you know, some people will look and this takes a little bit of research or knowing an herbalist or something like that, but there's also traditional use. So Mm -hmm. before we were doing these studies, you know, thousands for thousands of years, human beings were using these herbs in certain ways. And if there's a traditional use, that right. includes people using this herb while they're pregnant, we've kind of done the research then and we know, you know, and so you can trust that um, if you want. And I think most people are very comfortable trusting that because most of herbalism was used that way around the world before mm-hmm. we started doing, you know, double blind placebo controlled studies on these things. So there's that um, as well. You know the struggle of finding skincare that's non-toxic and actually works. We talk so often on here about how important it is to reduce your toxic intake because that's going to help your liver, which in turn is also going to help your hormones. You want to be staying away from artificial fragrances, endocrine disruptors, because your hormones are little chemical messengers and they need to be able to talk to each other. And so if you are putting on makeup and skincare and perfume and hair care and body care and all of these things that are endocrine disruptors, you guys, like you can keep 
taking all the supplements and eating all the food, but you're still going to be fighting your body on this end. So really using non-toxic skincare and hair care and makeup is so important. So I'm so excited to share with you a skincare brand that I am so excited to partner with. They're called Open Lab Skin and I uh, came across them as a reference from a friend of mine and they're formulated by an esthetician and they are their ingredients are incredible i bought this with my own money and tried it out used it and i was like this stuff is incredible it's just two products like how can i not make my life easier right and then i reached out to the company they're a brand new literally just launched like i purchased their products as soon as they had launched um and was like can i have a discount code to give all my friends because your guys' products are truly amazing you have no silicones no fragrances not even just they don't even use essential oils literally no fragrance no parabens no petroleum no endocrine disruptors no gmo ingredients like literally you guys but on top of that it actually works um so i have the mask balm and the serum they come as a package or you can get them separately but i got them as a package and i use the balm as a cleanser but i also use it as a mask overnight and then i use the serum and you just use the tiniest bit i mean when i use the serum i use max four drops i typically just use three and i'm telling you you can ask people in my life my skin has never looked so glowy it has bakuchiol which is um a much gentler version of retinol that's plant-based and you can actually use it while you're pregnant so i that was another thing that sold me is I can use these while I'm pregnant and I highly recommend. So you can use the code Leah, L-E-A-H 15 to save 15% off of your order, you guys. So I would, if you bundle them, you get a discount and then you add the discount and you add my discount code and you get an even bigger discount. So literally saving all of the money this way. And please send me a picture of your beautiful skin after you try this because you're going to love it. That makes sense. Yeah. So moving into like postpartum then, so, you know, you're very depleted postpartum, losing a lot of blood, you lost a lot of minerals through pregnancy. Like, are there any herbs that would be helpful for just healing um, all of that fun stuff? Yeah. So then you can go to, um, well, so are we nursing still, or are we past that stage nurse nursing? So I'm talking like the first couple weeks of, yeah. Yeah. So in that case, then you still, I mean, primarily you still want to stick to food herbs and, and tea herbs. Um, I would be, I would be focused on, um, nutrition and gut health mm -hmm. for absorption, that sort of thing. Um, when you, I mean, and let's just talk about like what I mean by nourishing herbs then. Mm -hmm. Um, so some examples of those, and these are generally, the nice thing is that these are generally best in tea form. Um, okay. so you make what's called an infusion, which is you put a bunch of tea and, you know, loose tea in a big jar, fill it up with hot water and let it steep for, um, oh, let it steep overnight. And then you drink it the next day and you have this really dark, usually liquid that's um, super nourishing. You pulled out all the minerals um, and all the vitamins and 
examples of teas that are great in or herbs that are great in a nourishing infusion tea format would be nettle leaf, mm-hmm. raspberry leaf, red clover. Um, fenugreek is great while nursing. It's a galactagog. Um, what else do we put in there? Alfalfa, uh, oat. If I didn't say oat already, you get some, you know, basically high mineral, high vitamin, um, herbs that are super bioavailable because you're literally just drinking them in liquid form. So very easy to absorb. They're full spectrum because all plants are full spectrum. You know, we make them Mm -hmm. isolates and you're hydrating at the same time. So, um, yeah, those are some of my favorites that come to mind. And then obviously the food, the food and the the gut health to make sure Mm -hmm. you're absorbing it well. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a very tasty tea to me, but, um, you know, all those herbs are, are super neutral actually. I mean, nettle can be a little like, Hmm, like a little funky. There's no bitterness in there, in there. Um, to me, that tea tastes super neutral. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it definitely nothing strong. And you could put, you know, you could add lemon, which would allow you to mm-hmm. absorb that iron better. Um, you Good could sweeten it with a little honey if you wanted to, but actually, yeah, none of those herbs have a strong flavor. No, fenugreek has a strong flavor. You do that one separately if you want, or, you know, use it in, mm-hmm. it's like a spice in your cooking or something, but yeah, that makes otherwise, sense. Otherwise they're nice and neutral. Yeah. Um, and I know you have, uh, an herbal gummy. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah. So we have, um, three, three SKUs right now. We do herbal gummies for stress, anxiety, relief, uh, energy, endurance, and digestion, gut healing. And they're called herbals, H-R-B-L-S. And the reason that we created these was because I'm really interested in finding the format that is, as I said, right, easiest for people to take on a regular basis. And everybody knows what to do with a gummy, you know, tinctures are still kind of confusing and herbs take time and like a gummy, you just get it right away. So, um, we created these a few years ago, we still have teas and we saw a lot of other, um, products as well, but the herbals are our little babies and, um, they are delicious. I've been nibbling on one right, right now, as we've been talking. Um, and yeah, you can find them on our website, but you can also find them at retailers, um, across the country and we have some abroad as well. So. Oh, that's really cool. How does that work with like the strength of like the herb turning into a gummy with, yeah. How does that work? Yeah. You know, it it was definitely a challenge when we were formulating and creating them to make sure that they were, um, functional doses. And, um, I just, it was a, it was a requirement, right? I was like, first of all, the ingredients on these have to be super, super good. And then second of all, they have to have functional doses of the herbs in there. So, um, they do, and you can have one or two and feel the effects, or you can have that will, and, or you can have them consistently and over time, the effects will will accumulate, which is, um, really nice. So that's why they all have sort of two functions. Like Mm -hmm. you can take it right away for digestion or the more often you take it, you're the longer you take it, you're supporting gut healing as well. Um, Okay. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, 
that's really all my herb questions besides, you know, sitting here forever and having you tell me about <laughs> herbs I've never heard about. Michelle, give us another. <laughs> oh, what about kava? That. Like, I have to go look at kava. I'm like, really? how have I never heard of this? Oh, it's so fun. There are kava bars. Um, it makes your mouth a little numb when you first have it. I'll, I'll probably have some after this. Maybe I'll wait like an hour and then I'll have some. It'll be my happy hour today. It's a cool herb. Yeah. That's so fun. Um, so I will put your contact info in the show notes so everybody can contact you and obviously get their gummies if they want. Um, because yeah, that's an easy way to get herbs in. It is. We also, you know, for, for your community, we also have a, um, hormone balance class. So that could be interesting. That's very, very holistic. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that would be very helpful. Um, I will link that all below for them. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.